of the Lord. Let's give him praise right now. Hallelujah. Man, I really appreciate all of you being here, getting your family dressed and coming and being in the house of the Lord. It's so good to meet God in his house, isn't it? And to feel God in his house. Thank all of you for being here. Wave at me if you're, you're glad to be here. Some of you aren't waving. You're not glad to be here. I'm glad to have you here. Some of you maybe can't wave. Well, glad to have you. It's an honor to have you. All of our guests, uh, we know there's a lot of places you could be, but we're glad you're here with us. And um, Ryan, is Ryan where here this morning? Ryan, are you here? Ryan's not here? Well, Ryan says we're going to love you every way that's legal, so... We're just going to love you every way that's legal. And any way that's not legal, we're not going to love you that way. <laughs> that Ryan's a trip, isn't he? I love, I love him. I think that maybe we forgot to announce, uh, we're going to have a men's fishing trip here at the end of this month. And if you men are going to go on that trip, I think Brother Benny and Brother Kellogg and Brother Royer want to meet with you after church, all right? So it's going to be a great time. Hope you can... Pardon? On Wednesday, what did I say? On Wednesday after church. Did I already make a mistake? Well, you've made one already and I just didn't know it. <laughs> well, here's a little bit of humor for you, hopefully, just to make you smile. So I got up at um, 5 a.m., Ran four miles, came back, made a vegetable smoothie for breakfast, did two loads of laundry, mopped, and vacuumed the floors. And that's all I remember about that dream. <laughs> but the last couple of weeks, the Lord's been dealing with me about this subject, and so I'm going to share it with you. I'm going to talk to you about this. God brought you out to bring you in. Yes, he did. God has purpose for everyone here. And it's good. And I want to talk about it for a few minutes. Lord, we're here now and we're glad to be here. So now would you just help our spirit, soul, and body to be in alignment. So that for the next few minutes we can just receive from your word. Lord, talk to us. Change us because we're like a leper that cannot change its own spots. Neither can we change ourselves without you. So we need you today. Lord, we're not here to impress. We want to bless. We want to be a blessing. And let your word be alive and let it be quickened to our hearts and our minds and our spirits. And we receive it in the name of Jesus. And everybody say amen. amen. 
thank you so much. You can be seated. I'm going to turn your attention now to the book of Exodus. So if you have your Bibles, that's where you can go. And if you don't, you can look up on the screen. But Exodus chapter 27 and verse 16. And I'm going to read from the New Living Translation just to make it as plain as possible. So the scripture says, For the entrance to the courtyard, make a curtain that is 30 feet long, and make it from finely woven linen, and decorate it with beautiful embroidery in blue, purple, and scarlet thread. Support it with four posts, each securely set in its own base. Now what this is talking about, I'm just do not have the time to get into it. So I would encourage you, if you don't know much about Moses' tabernacle, then I would encourage you to read about it. You can do that in the book of Exodus when you get home. But what this verse is referring to is this verse is referring to the entrance or the door to Moses' tabernacle. Now, at first glance, this really doesn't seem all that important. But a person could not get into the tabernacle. They could not get in and see the splendor of what was inside it unless they were willing to go through the entrance or to go through the door. Now, we know that a door is really nothing more than a way in, and it's also a way out. A door is just an opening in a wall. And if you did not have that door, then it would just be a wall that would be a barrier and you would never be able to get on the other side. Now, depending on where we are in relation to the door depends on if we're in or if we're out. And the scripture says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. See, walking through the doors of a church is a good thing. I'm glad that we all did that this morning. But Jesus speaking in John chapter 10 and verse 9 says, I am the door. So let's talk about the church doors for just a moment. Because those church doors can become a society unto itself. Meaning that we have as a church emission standards that keep people in or keep people out. We need to make sure TPC. Once again... I am not responsible for the church across the street or down the street or up the street. I am responsible for this assembly. And I just want all of us to be reminded that no one, no one should be on the not welcome list for this church. Why? Because Jesus himself said, Whomsoever will, let them come. Whomsoever will, let them come. What does that mean, Pastor? It means 
Let everyone come that is not white like us. It means let everyone come that doesn't vote like us. It means let everyone come that doesn't dress like us. It means let everyone come that doesn't look like us. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have a problem with the red man, the yellow man, or the black man, you're going to have a serious problem in heaven. Because my Bible tells me that whomsoever will, let them come. Hallelujah. We're going to all be in harmony and in unity around the great throne of God. And it's not going to be about yet red, yellow, black, and white. It's going to be about one people serving one God and living in eternity. Jesus didn't turn anyone away. God told Noah... Now I'm going, stay with me. God told Noah in Genesis, he said, Noah, I want you to build an ark and I want you to place one door on the side of the ark. And every person and every animal had to go through that one door to be saved. And God told Noah, I will shut the door. And that is found in Genesis 7 and 16. In other words, God didn't let Noah decide who was going to get on the ark. God didn't let Noah decide what animals he was going to let on the ark. Noah may have not liked a baboon, but God liked it because God hadn't made anything he don't love. Noah may have said, I don't want the yellow jacket on the ark, but God wanted the yellow jacket on the ark. Because ladies and gentlemen, uh, I hate to tell you this, but many of us have prejudices. Uh, and we would close certain doors. Uh, but God said, I want you to understand something. If you are my servant, then you do what I say and do it how I say do it. Noah, make one door. And then I am going to let who I want in the ark. And I'm going to keep the door open as long as I I wanted to open, but when I get ready, I will shut the door. Now, this is where it's going to get a little tight, but it's still going to be right. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope that everybody makes it. But according to what I read here, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, the life. If any man comes through any other door except through me, the same as a thief and a robber. I don't want to try to be exclusive, but I must stay in the book. The book tells me that Jesus says, I am the door. And if you try to get in through Confucius, you can't get in through that door. And if you try to get in through Hare Krishna, you can't get in through that door. And if you try to get in through humanism, you can't get in through that door. There's only one door. And Jesus says, I am that door. God decided how many people was going to get on that boat. Noah may have said, you know what? I don't want this certain animal on that boat. God said, I didn't leave it for you to decide. I'm deciding. You just open the door and I'll decide when I shut it. God just says, you open the door to, that, to the church 
and I'll decide when I'm going to rapture my church. You just leave the door open and you don't worry about what they look like. You don't worry about who they are. You just welcome them in and love people. Come on, somebody. I want to talk about God brought us out to bring us in. Now, doors are nothing new. We all know about doors. Israel had to deal with doors. For 430 years, Israel lived as slaves in a foreign land. Now, when, when they thought about life other than slavery, and they would allow their mind to wonder and think, man, what would it be like to not be in Egypt under Pharaoh? They always had to come back to the reality is that Pharaoh was a closed door. But God raised up a Moses. And he raised up a Moses to bring his people out. And this is important and I hope it comes up on the screen because I want you to get this. If the exodus out of Egypt demonstrates God's ability to bring you out, then the door of the tabernacle symbolizes God's ability to bring you in. Because God never brings you out for no reason. He always has purpose to bring you in. So this morning, I don't know who I'm preaching to, but this has been in my spirit for a couple of weeks. If you find yourself in a tight situation this morning, if you find yourself addicted to something that is keeping you in bondage, God wants to bring you out. He wants to bring you out so that he can bring you in. Because if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature in Christ. And the old is passed away. If you've ever been down and couldn't get up, and if you've ever had a road that was blocked and you felt like that every door was shut, but you are here today, then you are a testimony that the Lord brought you out. Can I just talk to somebody and encourage you this morning? I ain't trying to hype you up. I ain't trying to get you up out of your seat. I'm only trying to preach to you that it can look like you don't know how you're coming out. When those Israelites looked at the situation they were in it looked like there was no hope no one was powerful enough to bring them out nobody could do anything about it but I want to remind you that you have a God that when he says enough is enough your God knows how to make a way where there seems to be no way come on somebody and give God some praise in this house Every time Israel looked at the door of the tabernacle, they had to remember that God brought them out of slavery to bring them into sonship. God wants to take you out of oppression this morning. I believe that. I believe in the next few minutes, God wants to do something for us that we cannot do for ourselves. I believe that God wants to bring some of you out of religion. 
I'm going to just say it again. You can get to the front door of the church and you can be very religious. But God wants you to go through the front door and he wants you to go through him who is the door. And he wants you to get into relationship. And he wants you to understand that this book is not a list of rules. This book is a love letter written to you to bring you out of every situation and to free you in spirit, soul, and body. I believe that he wants to bring you. I believe that he wants to bring some of you into brand new opportunities. Can I just get off course for a minute? Man, I've been praying what God put in my spirit. God, you want to restore. You want to restore families. You want to restore our health. You want to restore our prodigal sons and prodigal daughters. You know what else? I really believe that God wants to raise up some new opportunities for some people in this house to start your own businesses. It's okay that you don't believe. Just write on my coattail of faith because I know what God said. God said he wanted his people to be the head and not the tail. He said, I didn't bring you out to be the tail. I brought you out to be the head. I brought you out so the other nations could look at you and marvel at what your God does in your midst. Why not us? Look at your neighbor and tell him, why not you? You say, I'm not smart enough. But if you got God in you, you got all wisdom in you. You say, I don't think I can figure this out. Well, the Holy Spirit has already got it figured out. Why don't you tap into more than you? Why don't you tap into the God that is on the inside of you that knows all things? Can I talk to you a minute? Um, I, I went to Laterno University it's a private school based out of Tyler, Texas. I didn't go there per se. I went, I drove to Houston to a satellite campus. And everyone that goes through Laterno University must read Mr. Laterno's book. So Mr. Laterno had two sisters and uh, he, he had invented a number of things, but there was just one part that he could not invent. This is in the book. You can read it for yourself. And so he prayed on a Sunday morning and he said, God, if you will give me the design for this particular part, he said, I promise you that I will tithe 90% of my increase. And that morning, or it was either maybe that morning or the next morning, that God gave him the design for that particular part. He sent it to his engineers. This is true story. They designed it, and if you study Mr. Turno's life, he has more inventions than anyone else outside of Thomas Edison. Most all of your big equipment you can contribute to uh, R.G. Letourneau. And he, with his tithing, sent his two sisters to China, and they became missionaries for the rest of their life based off of his tithing. And God blessed that 10%. And just with the 10%, he was a multi, multi, multi-millionaire. 
What are you saying? I just want to infuse you this morning with some encouragement to, to just let you know that you may say, I only got a high school education, but I'm going to tell you the God that is in you can give you witty inventions and ideas and bring some things to the top of your head that when it's done, you'll say, I know that wasn't me. Why? Because God wants to bring you out, to bring you in so that you can be a blessing, not just so you can have 1,400 pairs of shoes, but that you can be a blessing to your neighborhood, that you can be a blessing to some missionaries. I know I'm getting off key here, but I believe and I want to see TPC. I want us to sponsor our own missionary so they don't have to go around the country begging for money and we can give them $70,000 and say, get over in your field of labor and reach it. We got you. We're going to support you. But guess what? We got to think bigger than what we've been thinking. Say, God brought me out. God brought me out. He didn't bring you out just to put you on a pew so you could sit there and soak and get sour. He didn't bring you. He didn't bring you out just so you can critique every message. He didn't bring you out so you can look people upside down and one the other and decide whether they fit your bill or not. God brought you out so that he could bring you in so that you could worship him who brought you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. He wants to bring you into abundance. Okay, here's, here's the second thing that a door symbolized. It symbolized Israel's ability to break away from their past. The, the, the book of Exodus chapter 12 and 26 says, and, and they spoiled the Egyptians. What, what does that mean? It means that literally... The Israelites took everything in Egypt that was not nailed down. We talk about Job getting double for his trouble. Think about this. God retroactively paid Israel back in one night for 430 years of free labor. Man, I wish the Lord would show me who I'm about to talk to, but I'm about to tell somebody something. You said, Lord, you're like the disciples. Lord, we've toiled all night and caught nothing. And the Lord wants to say to you, because I just wanted to show you that you can't do this in your flesh. But when I step into the situation, cast your net on the other side. And what you thought was all night that was wasted and didn't catch anything, God's going to redeem it and your nets are going to start to break. Now, if you receive that word right now, throw both of your hands up and say, I receive that. God redeemed the time that I've lost. Redeemed the dark night, God, that I didn't think anything was happening. You know what me and Janet are praying? We're praying, God, would you take the last 30 years of hurt and pain and anguish 
and turmoil and would you redeem it God for your glory and for your kingdom would you take all the pain that we have been through and use it for somebody else's gain would you take oh God the night that we thought Lord was so barren and would you produce something in us and through us that is a miraculous work of the spirit So here's what the door did. The door basically said, guess what? You're going to break away from your past. And they spoiled the Egyptians. And they took everything that they could take. And once they got out of Egypt, then God said, listen here, I want you to take the wealth of Egypt. And I want you to build this tabernacle. Got to looking at this. Check this out though. Once they got out of Egypt, God instructed them to build a tabernacle with a door in the middle of the east wall. And Israel could bring anything they wanted out of Egypt. But the only thing they could bring to the tabernacle was a sacrifice. Hmm. He said... I know that I told you to bring bring Egypt out and I know that I told you to build a tabernacle. But once you get to the door, leave Egypt behind you and the only thing you can bring is an animal to worship. Think about that. That was all they were able to bring. And that reminds me of this. When we come to worship, There are some things we don't need to bring with us. Man, if that don't ring your bell, your clapper's broke. Come on, somebody. God wanted Israel to break away from their past. And the worshiper only needed to bring a sacrifice to worship. In other words, God said, I want you to leave all of your guilt at the door and just bring your worship. In other words, God says, I just want you to leave shame at the door. And when you walk through me, just bring me worship. Why? Because the door is Christ. And when you walk through the door, it's a brand new new day when you walk through that door this door says I'm going to give you another chance when you walk through this door this door says leave yesterday behind when you walk through this door this door says forgiveness is possible when you walk through this door which is Christ he said I look beyond your faults and I see your needs Oh, I love that song. I'm no longer a slave to sin. I am a child of God. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning, but you ought to get in a habit of leaving your past at the door and just bringing in some worship because he said when you're in Christ, you are a new creature. You don't need to bring that old mentality into this house. Can I talk to you? Leave that old mentality behind. Well, I'm not smart enough. I'm not educated enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not this and I'm not that. God said, leave all that. Leave all that at the door and just bring me something to worship. 
quit thinking about what you're not and let me start infusing you with this word to, to, to encourage you of who you are in Christ. God is saying to somebody, walk out of that door of dishonor and walk into the door of grace. Walk out of that door of pain and walk through the door of praise. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Somebody, you need to walk out of that door of defeat and I'm going to walk right on into victory. Mm. Here's the third thing God shows through the tabernacle door. Even in desperate times, there's a way into God's presence. God provided a door on the east side, proving that that door wasn't just any door, but it was God's door. Now look at John chapter 10 and verse 9. Jesus speaking says, I am the door. By me, if any man enters, he will be saved and shall what? Come in and go out and find pasture. Those two words Fine pastor speaks of and it conveys the assurance of God's provision. When you come through that door, you can expect something to happen. When you walk through the door, you know what you ought to expect? Not a dry wasteland, but you ought to expect green pastures. You ought to expect a good shepherd that's going to lead you beside the still waters. You ought to expect a good shepherd that's going to restore your soul. Come on, somebody. You ought to expect abundance. Because when you walk through that door, I just need a few people to agree with me that when our guests walk through that door, they're going to walk into the presence of Almighty God and they're going to say, I feel something in TPC. That I may not feel. I, I, I'm serious. I need somebody to agree with me. That when this community walks through this door, they're going to start to find restoration in this house. I need somebody to agree with me that when people walk through this door, they're going to do more than find just cute church. They're going to find a power that can absolutely deliver them from cocaine, from crack, from cigarettes, from their past, from their addictions. Do I have anybody in the house that would agree with me? In the name of Jesus, let's claim it. Let's agree and believe. That when they walk through the doors of this house, something miraculous is going to happen. See, God didn't bring them out just to leave them alone. God don't bring you out and then say, okay, I hope you can make it the best way you can. No, God's a good shepherd. He's going to lead you. He's going to guide you. Because he brought you out to bring you in. And here's the fourth thing, and I'll, I'll, I'll be done. Here's the final thing that the door represents. So God brought them out to bring them in, to get rid of their baggage, and to let them stand in his presence. And then the ultimate symbol of the door is basically liberation. He wanted to totally set them free 
I need everybody to be honest in this house, okay? Nobody's going to judge you. I just need you to be honest. How many of you have ever danced? I'm not going to ask where, but you ever danced anywhere outside of this church. Let me see your hand. Okay. Now, would you, would you leave your hands up, please? Okay. Now, all of you that have danced inside this church, you can put your hands down. If you have danced inside or done the jitterbug or shook just a little bit, I ain't going to be real picky. But you, I mean, you just least shook a leg. If you just least, I mean, like, that's all. You least shook a leg, you can put your hand down. But if you hadn't at least shaken a leg, then leave your hand up. Okay, here's what I want to say to you. Wherever you did your jitterbug and your dance outside of this house, God wants to free every one of us so that we can all dance in his presence. You, you say, I don't need emotionalism. I don't either. But he that the son has set free is free indeed. Let, let's, let's just play the honest game. How many of you have ever been to a concert outside of this church? Let me see your hand. Okay, how many of you in that concert, you at least stomped your feet or you did your head like this? Then I'm going to ask you, why can't we do that in church? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, people do not follow ice trucks. They follow fire trucks because people want to go where the fire is falling. I am not asking you for emotionalism, but I am telling you this. When you look to where you used to be and to where you are today, you can't take any credit for it because God brought you out to bring you in. Come on, somebody stand to your feet and give God some praise in this house. Mm. Woo. Okay, we're playing the honest game. Okay? Are we playing we're still on the honest game, right? So let's get honest. If you played the lotto and you won cash prize of 26 million dollars, would you go Hmm. Hmm. I'll be. Hmm. That's nice. <laughs> yeah, it's very doubtful <laughs> that that's what you would do if you're honest. You don't even want me to show you because I'll sound like a little screaming girl. What you would sound like. Ah! I can't believe Oh my God! You. Cherie, is that what you do? Cherie would be trying to do Michael Jackson. She'd be trying to do the moonwalk. I mean, y'all, y'all would be y'all. Oh, oh. I know I'm being theatrical because I like to make you laugh, but you know it's the truth. And Jesus did so much more for you. He brought you out of the miry clay. 
He brought you out of your addiction. He brought you out of your religion. Thinking you were all of that to realize I'm none of that without his grace. I want to talk to somebody here this morning. You, you may feel like that you're backed into a corner. And you absolutely don't know how you're going to get out. That's exactly how Israel felt. But God raised up a deliverer to do what they thought was impossible. I've come to encourage you this morning, no matter what situation you feel, the enemy has backed you into a corner. Your God has an answer to bring you out. He brought you out to bring you in. Can I remind you of this? Moses was, God raised Moses up to bring the people out. So he could bring them into his presence. God always has a key. Sam Whitman, I'm going to tell you something. Joseph was in a prison. He has no clue how he's going to get out. But God brought a butler and a baker and gave him a dream. Little did he know that the butler and the baker was his key out of the prison and into the palace. I'm going to speak to a Daniel that you feel like you're in a lion's den. I'm going to tell you something. God has a key for Daniel to come out. And when he comes out, guess what happens? He gets promoted because an enemy is an announcement of a promotion. I know I'm talking to somebody. You may feel like you're Paul and Silas and pastor. I'm just in this jail cell. Guess what? God give him a key. Just start praising me and I'll make this jailhouse rock and Elvis can't do what I can do, baby. I'll break open every door. I'll break open every chain because when I got purpose, nothing can hold me back from accomplishing my purpose. When I called you out, I'm bringing you out to bring you in. I don't know who I'm talking to. Tell me, who am I talking to this morning? Am I talking to you? Am I talking to you? Oh, dear God. God wants to do something miraculous in the next five minutes. He wants to do something miraculous in the next five minutes. You say, Pastor, I'm in a dark place. You don't understand where I'm at. I don't. And I'm very sorry. But the Lord sent me by to encourage you. No matter how dark, no matter what prison, no matter what den, no matter how long it's been, when God steps into the situation, He'll make a way where there seems to be no way. Mm, I think we just ought to love on the Lord right now. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Open up your mouth. Open up your mouth right now. Come on, give him some love right now.
You know what, guys? I didn't think I was going to do this, but Carlton and Drew helped me. Yeah, get me that door. I, I told him I wasn't going to use it, but I changed my mind. Carlton, Drew, help me, son. Get this door. I want you to bring it up. It's not... The reason why I decided that I wasn't going to use it is because it has windows in it. And I didn't want windows in it, but here it is. John, John 10 and 9 says, I am the door. And no man... If he tries to enter in any other way, he's the same as a thief and a robber. Why are you crying? I don't really know other than to tell you that. I want you to go to heaven. And you can't get in through works. And you can't get in just peering through and say, well, I see it. You got to walk through the door. And do you know what I read in Revelation this morning, 3 and 12? On the other side of the door, here's what Jesus said. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. He's knocking. But do you know what Revelation 3 and 12 says? Beyond that door is a throne. And if you walk through the door, which is Jesus, you're going to end up in the throne room. But you can't get to the throne room unless you go through the door. Brothers and sisters, if the Bible says that you could eat donuts on Friday and bluebell on Saturday and make it to heaven on Sunday, I'd preach it. I'd preach it. Man, I tell you what, we'd all have a donut and a bluebell spirit on us. But that ain't what the Bible says. The Bible says you can't get in Unless you go through the door. And the door is Jesus. God would love to let you in with your sin, but because He's so just, He can't let you in with sin. But He made a way of escape. So that if you come to Him with a sacrifice and say, God, I'm, I'm sorry for all my sins. Guess what? He'll open the door. He'll open the door. Because he said, if I'm knocking, I'm knocking. I don't know who the Lord's knocking on your heart. He's knocking on your heart. But not only is he knocking on your heart, he's also the door. <laughs> How can he be both? Oh, well, I can't get into that. But he is Alpha and Omega, he is the beginning and the end. He's the one knocking and he's the door all at the same time. And he said, guess what? If, 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 if you go through this door, I don't have bad things for you. I got green pastures. I got still waters. And I'm going to be your shepherd. And I'm going to lead you and I'm going to guide you. But you got to go through the door. You say, how do I do that, pastor? Well, Again, there's a lot out there, but here's what I see. I see, I just got to repent and say, God, I'm sorry for all my sins. Because I know I can't get into a holy place with sin in my life. And then, Lord, I, 
See, this was in the tabernacle. I'm going to be done. In the tabernacle, there was a place that shed blood. That was, that was for repentance. And then if you went into the inner, the, the inner court, then there was, a, there was a laver where there was washing, which is a typology of baptism. And then if you went beyond the veil, which is a type of Jesus' flesh, you stepped into the holy of holies where the Spirit of the Lord came down. It's in threes. It's in threes. It's repentance. It's the washing of your sins. And it is the baptism of His Spirit. So that He can empower you to be a new creature. To bring you out. To lead you into your purpose. Which you cannot fulfill without Him on the inside of you. That's right. Amen. Oh dear God. Do you feel heaven in this house? So that nobody feels left out. It's only 11.15. It's only 11.15. So that nobody feels out. Come on. They're going to sing. And I want everybody that will from the front to the back. Walk up to this front. And I'm going to ask you a question. Where are you at in relationship to the door? Are you out? Are you in? Where are you at in relationship to the door? Are you religious? Are you religious? Because religion is on the outside, but relationship is on the inside. Do you feel the Lord in this house? Come on, somebody. Come on, Jared, help me sing. Lift up your hands and talk to the Lord right now. Come on, where you at? Where you at? I feel far from above. Come on, it's hopping down to the river. It ain't the same. Walk through the door. A prodigal return. Walk through the door.
preach it but we don't demonstrate it but we need to change that we do we need to change that if you're just in a situation that you just you don't really see a way out humanly speaking you don't see a way out I want you to lift your hands humanly speaking you don't see a way out Thank you. 
Brother Manuel texts me. They found his stepson's body. He was totally burned up in a house fire. When he raised his hands, what he's raising his hands is, is he just don't see a way out. Because he's been in a long season of loss. And he gave me permission to say this. But I'm going to tell you something. As down as this man is right now, I believe with all of my heart that God is going to bring him out. In the name of Jesus. How? I don't know how, but I know who. I said, I don't know how, but I know who. And I know who can do it. And if you feel like you're in a situation that you just don't know how you're going to get out, I want you to lift your hand. You just, you don't know how you're going to get out. I want you to raise your hand. Okay? Now, keep your hands raised. If you see somebody with their hands raised, then I want you to put your hand on their shoulder. And I just want you to start speaking. In the name of Jesus, we know who can bring you out. There is no situation that God can't make a way of escape. No matter what prison you're in. In the name of Jesus, we don't know how, Brother Manuel, but we know who. We know that God, we know a God that can make a way. If God can deliver some slaves out of 430 years of bondage, God can make a way for you to come out. Amen. 